Uh, This morning's scripture reading is taken from Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 to 21. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless, and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord, and he was credited it to him as righteousness. He also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to take possession of it. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? So the Lord said to him, Bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Abram brought all these to him, cut them in two, and arranged the halves opposite each other. The birds, however, he did not cut in half. Then birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. As the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that for four hundred years your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and they will be enslaved and mistreated there. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterward they will come out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your ancestors in peace and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here, for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking firepot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram and said, To your descendants I give this land from the wadi of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates, the land of the Canaanites, the Kenizzites, the Cadmonites, Hittites, Perizzites, Rephites, Amorites, Canaanites, Girgashites, and Jebusites. This is the word of the Lord. I want to talk to you this morning about uh, an emotion. Uh, It's a common emotion. It's an emotion that we all feel. It's the emotion that you feel when you're at a point in your life where you're looking at the future and you're just, you're not sure how it's going to work. In fact, you're not even sure if it's going to work. It's, it's that emotion that we all feel when we are looking into the future and, uh, we have just big question marks. I'm talking, of course, about the emotion called fear. And, uh, this morning, <clears throat> as we come to, uh, chapter 15, we are going to meet a man who is afraid. Abram is afraid, and we know he's afraid because God says to him, 
Abram, don't be afraid. So we know this gentleman is, is battling with fear. He's got doubts. He's got questions. He's confused. He's perplexed. He is, he's afraid. And he's afraid because 10 years earlier, and we saw this last week in chapter 12, God had made some promises to him. God had promised him two things. God had said to Abram, Abram, I'm going to give you a child and you're going to become a great nation. And God also said to him, Abram, I'm going to give you a land. Uh, and this land will be a possession for you and your people. And that was 10 years ago. It's 10 years ago. And there's no child. And there's no land. And he's 85 and Sarah's 75 and he, he can't, he can't put it together. He can't understand like why these things aren't happening. And he's probably beginning to doubt. He's got some fears. He's got some real fears. And, but the great thing about the story is just in this moment, God shows up and God shows up to strengthen Abram's faith. And he has this habit of showing up in our lives, I feel, when we're in these moments where we're looking at the future and we we just can't see how things are going to work. We don't understand how things are going to add up. And we are afraid and we're worried and we're, we're anxious. And then God shows up, just like he does in the story here with Abram. And he comes to strengthen our faith. He comes to us when we are just, we're weak in our faith and we're having a hard time believing and he just, he has this way of strengthening faith and he does it in a couple of really amazing ways that we'll see this morning in our story. First, by welcoming our hardest questions. You know, God builds our strength by welcoming our hardest questions. And then he also builds our strength and we'll see this by speaking a hopeful word to us. And I, I hope this morning that as we look at Abram's life and we see God strengthening his faith and the way he strengthens Abram's faith, that we're going to find our own faith being strengthened, okay? So that's where we're going. So first, God strengthens faith, first of all, by welcoming our hardest questions. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, but don't put your hand up. Please, please do not put your hand up. Here's the question. How many of you come to worship sometimes and you're expecting to hear something from God that just meets you where you're at and it's exactly what you want to hear, but then at some point in the service or maybe afterwards you say to yourself, that was a good sermon, but it really didn't click. Okay, no hands. Thank you. And uh, how many of you have ever had the experience where you just, you really want to hear from God and you want to hear from his word and you open up the word and you start reading it and you read something and you're like, that's good, but it doesn't really click. You know, it doesn't really jive with where, with where I'm at. That's where Abram's at right now. God comes to him and says, Abram, do not be afraid. I, I am your shield. Your very great reward, and I'm just, I'm trying to put myself in Abram's shoes, and I, I'm, I'm, it's like he's like, that's great, that's good, but I've got questions. Notice this, but Abram 
said. But Abram said. Twice in the passage, God comes to him and says, Abram, this is who I am. I am your shield, your very great reward. I am the sovereign God. And his response is, but Abram said. And out come the questions. Out come the questions. I get it. Don't you? I mean, listen. He's 85. His wife is 75. Not getting younger. God had promised them a baby. God had promised them the land that was 10 years ago. And every month for 10 years, I'm thinking that Abram was looking for a sign of a baby. Every month, he's like to his wife, how are you feeling? You feeling okay? She's like, I feel great. He's like, ugh, it's too bad. Every month, just hoping that he's going to hear Sarai in the bathroom barfing, gagging in the kitchen as she makes dinner every month for 10 years. But Sarah is not gagging and she's not barfing and there are no signs of a baby. And the question on his heart is, hey God, where's the kid? (laughs) Where's the baby? Where's that baby that you promised me? And uh, he's afraid. He's afraid. He uh, he thinks that maybe it's going to be Eliezer of Damascus, just a really trusted senior servant, because in that day, if you couldn't have natural kids, you could make a servant your heir, and maybe that's what God is going to do. Is it, but is that what you're going to do, God? Is that it? But like, like, where is this baby is the basic question that he's asking. And we're going to look at the answer that God gives in just a minute. But before we do that, I think, I think we've got to drill down on what's going on here. And the question that, that Abram is asking. Because I think that um, here in this passage, we've got to understand that the question that, and the questions that he asks are vitally important to his growth and and that God actually welcomes these questions. You know, let's just think about this for a minute. I mean, first of all, I just want you to see right at the start that it is normal. It's normal to have questions. It is. It's normal. How many of you think that the questions that you have right now when it comes to God are, are unique? That you're the only one asking the questions that you're asking. Listen, Abraham had questions. Abraham had questions. And, and, and that may surprise you because when you read the Bible, this guy is like, he is like the pinnacle of, of what it means to live a life of faith. He is the paragon of faith. I mean, when you look in the Bible, his name is virtually synonymous with faith. And yet, here's a guy, here's a guy who had real doubts and fears. And what I think that teaches us is that it's pretty normal to have questions, questions for God. That's the first thing I, I want you to see. The second thing I want you to see about the questions is this. It's, it is really important that you feel the freedom to ask God the questions, the big questions, the hardest questions in your life. I mean, 
That's what Abram's doing. He's asking God the very biggest questions. And I love the fact that Abram doesn't just simply accept what God says. You know, Abram, I am your shield, your very great reward. I am the sovereign God, great. But Abram's got questions that he wants to ask. And what he doesn't do is simply say, well, I guess I'm going to accept what you say there. I guess that's that. I guess that settles that. No, I've got questions, God. I've got really profound, deep questions. And I, I just, I love, I love the fact that here Abraham feels the freedom to ask God those questions. You need to know, friends, that, that you are free to ask God your hardest questions. In fact, this is how you grow. You have to ask God your toughest questions. In fact, I would argue this. You can't really grow well unless you ask God your hardest questions. Your hardest questions. This, if you put it this way, if you think of it this way, asking questions is how any of us grows, period. Listen, I, I have a bunch of kids, and growing up, they asked me tons of questions. They were always asking me questions. Why? Why? Why is the sky blue? You know, why? Why? What? Why? What? Over, and it drove me crazy, but they were always asking questions because that's how we learn. You, you, you've got to understand that you've got to feel the freedom to ask God even the toughest, the hardest questions on your heart. This is how you grow. It's what God wants. In fact, I think we've got to make that point here. God wants us to ask the hardest questions on, on our, in our hearts. It, it's not just like they're normal things to do. It's, it's, it's not like it's important that you feel the freedom, but you got to hear this, that God actually wants you to ask him your hardest questions. L- look at how he responds to Abram. He never rebukes him. He never scolds him for this question. When Abram says, where's the kid? God never, never says that's wrong. Shouldn't do that. In fact, he answers him. And the very fact that he, Ab- that God answers Abram, I think, it strongly suggests that God actually wants Abram to ask this very tough question. He wants, and, and the reason I think he wants Abram to ask this question is because these questions honor who God is. I mean, think about it. Think about times when people have come to you and they've asked you questions. Whether you're working at home or you're outside the home, but people come to you and they ask you questions. And when a person asks you a question, it, it just has a way of dignifying and honoring all that you know, your training, your experience, who you are as a person. How many of you have ever asked a question to somebody? And the, the moment you ask the question, that you see them coming alive. They just, they, they are, they, they love that you've asked that question. God loves it when we ask our hardest questions to him. It honors him. It recognizes that he is God. It recognizes that he is awesome. It's how, it's how we actually build a, a relationship with God. No wonder why he loves it. I mean, how do you get to know anybody? 
apart from asking questions. This morning, I've met with some of you, some for the first time, and I just asked you questions. Now I know a bit more about you. And the same thing goes with faith. This is how we actually grow in our faith. We, we ask God questions. And the more we ask God questions, the more we get to know who he is and what's going on in our lives. And so I get, I guess the question I want to ask you in just a second is this. No, I'll, I'll wait for the question, but hold on. There's one more thing, and this is really important to hear this. And why asking questions is so welcomed by God. And it's this. Asking the hardest questions of our lives can actually mean a massive difference in terms of our own life change. Here's what I mean. It says here in our passage that when God took Abram out and showed him the stars and said, listen, Abram, if you can count the stars, then you will know how many children you're going to have. It says that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. That means that all that time, right up until chapter 15, Abraham, we could put it this way, was not yet saved. This was the definitive dividing point in this man's life. God promised him something, and he simply took God at his word, and he was declared righteous in God's sight, as though he had never sinned, as though he had never done anything wrong. And all he did was just trust God and take God at his word. And God declared this man to be righteous in his sight. And some of you this morning, I know there was a time in your life when you were skeptical and you were searching for Jesus Christ and you had questions, (laughs) right? And you asked your questions and you got answers. And then you asked more questions and you got more answers. And at some point, you just simply said, I believe. And in that moment, what God did, he just, he, he, he declared you righteous in his sight because of Christ. Amen. Amen. And the great thing is that doesn't change as you grow in the Christian faith. He still wants to hear your questions, your, your, your hardest questions. Because when those questions are asked, that's when we really grow in our faith. So, The question I want to ask you this morning as we get personal and practical. What's on your heart? What question right now is is kind of rattling around in that heart of yours? In other words, if, if you could ask God a question right now, and I mean the hardest question, what would that question be? Do you know that God really wants you to ask that question? Do you know that God does not want you to stuff that question? Do you know that he doesn't want you to stuff your fear and anxiety? Do you know, like with Abram, he wants you to speak it and ask him the most difficult question you could ask him? What? 
question is on your heart this morning? It's a good question, isn't it? Well, the, the beautiful thing here in the story is not just that he gets to ask questions and God welcomes those questions. <laughs> the other thing that's so great and brilliant about this story is that we see God growing Abram's faith and we see God growing faith just by, by speaking a powerful word to Abram. Look at verse 7. He also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of the land of the Chaldeans to give you the land and to take possession of it. And here's what Abram says. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? Okay, so there it again. The Lord says, here's who I am. And then the but, right? But, Sovereign Lord, how will I know? Here come the questions. Doesn't just accept God's statement of who he is. He's like, okay, I believe that, but I got questions and they come. And then God answers the question. You need to know, Abram, for sure that for 400 years, your people, your descendants will be slaves in a strange land, that they will be oppressed, but that I will punish that nation and I will bring your descendants back to the land that I'm going to give to you and them as their possession. And then God does something absolutely wild. He makes a covenant, a covenant with Abram. Now, when we make covenants or when we make agreements in our day, we sign. You sign things. But they didn't sign back in the day. What they did was this. They acted out. They, they played. They, they acted out the consequence of not keeping the agreement. And so what they would do is they would take animals and they would cut them in half. And they would take the pieces and put them on opposite sides. And then both parties would go down the middle. And what they were saying was this. We are binding ourselves to each other. Binding ourselves to each other. And if we violate the terms of this covenant, may what happened to these animals happen to us. Both would go down the aisle together, both. And they would cut a covenant. What is wild about this story, and what is so utterly unique, is that God puts Abram into a deep sleep. And a great darkness and terror came upon him. And a blazing torch, which is a a picture of God, a theophany, is seen seen by Abram. And that torch comes down the aisle, but it's not Abram with God. God goes down the aisle by himself unheard of. And what God was saying to Abram was this. I am going to take responsibility for this covenant. And if I violate it, if I break this covenant, may I be destroyed. But Abram, I'm not just walking down the aisle for me. I'm walking down for you. And I will pay the consequence 
of any violation of this covenant. Another darkness, friends, would fall on this earth several thousand years later. That darkness on the cross, when Christ took our sins and was cut off from the land of the living, cut off from God because of our sins. It is a story of absolute and pure grace where Christ takes upon himself the violation of this covenant, this relationship. Not because he deserves it, but in order to save us from our sins. That, my friends, is a powerful story. It's a powerful message. A message of sovereign grace. You cannot save yourself. You cannot pay the debt except through eternity for the violation of this relationship. The ways that you have fallen short and and dishonored me. But I will make a way, and I alone will make a way to save you. I will save you, and I will save you through my son, Jesus Christ, who was cut off for you. I'll tell you why this is so powerful. And let's get a little bit real, shall we? Let me show you how this touches down onto the ground. Okay, I'll tell you a story. I, when I was a young guy, um, had an opportunity to participate in three church plants, upstate New York and two in Toronto. For 15 years, I, I did that. And it took a toll on me. During that time, I, I realized I myself had some pretty big questions, questions that I had to figure out. Questions that I had to figure out in order to keep doing ministry. The questions I had were so profound and so deep, I thought I really needed to have answers in order to keep being a pastor with integrity. So here's what I did. I took a break. We sold our house. We found a place to rent. We sold our house and we left the market that day, by the way. We found a place to rent. And I had to find a job to take care of my family, put food on the table, pay the bills. So I started a small company. And by small, I mean me. And I did small renovations. You know, I had learned some skills in owning a couple homes, and I parlayed them into some renovation skills. Um, not high quality, but it was enough to get by. It was a hand-to-mouth existence for a year and a half. And during that time, that difficult time, I had to trust God with everything to provide for my family. And so I was, I just, I did everything it took to put food on that table. And we lived below the poverty level. We did. And it was, uh, it was really hard. Imagine that you're just trying to provide for your family and you know it's, it's tough. And I also didn't know what was next for me. I just kept on asking God questions like where and what, like where and what, like, like, am I done? Am I through? Have I been cut off from the ministry? Like I was, I such a bad guy. Like, am I done? And 
I think I forgot to mention this. I was also clinically depressed. <laughs> and um, I had no clear answers about the future. Just a lot of pressures. I was like, God, what's next? What? Where? What? Where? The only thing that sustained me during that time was a message. A message of real hope. A message that that God had sent his son into this world to die for my sins. That he loved me that much. And I had to hear that message because I had lost a lot that I had been using to prop me up. Homeownership, wealth, health, a church, functionally a rev before my name. And it was all gone. And all that I was left with was this, like, who am I? Who am I when it's all taken away? Turns out I was a son of God, deeply loved by God. And I'll tell you, that's, that's what enabled me. That's what sustained my heart through a season when I didn't know what was next. It was enough for me. And it's enough for you this morning. We all face these moments, friends, when we just can't see how it's going to work. We face these moments when we don't know if it's going to work. And we think the solution is going to be this and that and something else. And I'm not saying God's not going to answer. I think he will one day. But I'm asking another question. What do we do in between? What do we do when we have very deep questions and what is going to sustain us in those moments so that we don't break apart. And what I'm saying and what Abram is saying here in our text is that there is a story of divine love and grace that alone can carry your heart and keep it buoyant when there are no clear answers to your life right now. Does that make sense? It's a story that you need to tell yourself. And it's a story that we need to tell each other. It's a story that somehow we have to learn to, to figure out how, how do I maneuver and how do I massage this great story of grace into the life of my friend here who is afraid and who can't see what's happening or what's going to happen down the road. When everything is being thrown in the air and called into question and there seems like no control and everything, my whole world has come out from under my feet. What is going to keep your feet on the ground? And it will be a message of grace. The greatest story of grace. A God sovereignly coming down that path by himself, but for you. And, and saving you from your sins. And welcoming you into relationship with him. One that will never end. It turns out, it turns out that he really is your shield.